Hello there and welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit, the fitness news where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill and as always, I'm joined by Tom. Oh, hello there. Sorry, a bit of delay. I, I was looking at my, my succulent plant pot. Yeah, which, yeah. That's, that's, there's no context though. People are going to know what you're no talking context. about. No context. I was just context. looking at this plant pot because me and Bill was having a discussion and uh, basically it led to me considering drinking out of a plant pot. That's what you get when you forget your water bowl, isn't it? Yeah, hey, it is what you get. There. Got to make do. Anyway, we're not going to be talking about plant pots. This week, we're going to be taking a closer look at menstrual cycle symptoms and if they impact performance, basically revolving around the question, do we need specific menstrual cycle training blocks? We're then going to take a look at the ISSN, or International Society of Sports Nutrition, and their updated position stand on energy drinks and energy shots. And this is going to link quite nicely to the ISSN, or no, ISSN, I think it fucking, I was going to, that's going to be a nightmare saying that in the podcast, their position <laughs> stand on tactical athlete nutrition, so think military. Let's get into this week's The Fitness News. Okay, guys. It's another week. It's another fitness news. I was, you know, what I was about to say then. I was also saying it's another week. It's another men's health article. We've not, we've not actually done a men's health article for a few weeks. It'd be very awkward if it was in men's yeah. health. Yeah, menstrual cycle symptoms in men's health wouldn't surprise me though. Oh, it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me because yeah. the amount of blokes, uh, particularly this like commercial gym PTs that uh, shoot myself in the foot there, but you know, commercial gym PTs that are gobbing off about like, the menstrual cycle and how they need to educate women on it when it comes to training. So guys, what we're going to do now is we're going to gob off and educate you about the menstrual cycle. That's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, of course. So let me just let me just preface this. Okay, we are going to be looking at data, right? So obviously, we're in a position to look at the data on this topic. We're not going to recent look at it from a... Recent data too. Yeah, re- very recent data as well. We're not going to sit here and pretend we know what it's like. So you know, don't come at us with what you could say, the, the wrath of Athena, right? <laughs> don't start yeah. inundating our inbox saying, you don't know what it's like. We absolutely don't know what it's like, but we can look at data and we can interpret it yeah. and we can tell you what the data says, okay? And jokes aside, like um, it's a good time to bring this up because yeah, it is like a recent paper we've been looking at and this paper has kind of taken the industry by storm. And when I say that, I mean like the industry is in like, people actually do you know keep up to date with the current evidence because yeah it is quite common for this to be a big talking point in regards to the the impact of the menstrual cycle on training and performance and a lot of pts do like to talk about it without knowing what they're talking about in a way they don't really know the the ins and outs yeah the the, the current evidence in regards to the paper we've uh, seen that's just been released has kind of like tipped it on its head a little bit yeah sure i think what we can all agree on though um and obviously people listening who do experience this, that is that there are numerous numerous symptoms associated with the menstrual cycle that you would class as uncomfortable, objectively and subjectively. I mean, if we look at like a list, for example, common symptoms would be things like cramps, um, tender breasts, bloating. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, but okay. I should laugh, sorry. Terrible. I'm being like a, t- I'm being like a teenage boy there. Sorry, I apologise to listeners, right? <laughs> Mood swings, irritability, headaches, tiredness, Low back pain. <laughs> Sorry, I've lost it. I've absolutely lost it. Food cravings I mean, f- and trouble sleeping. The thing is, every single one of those you read, I thought, holy shit, I get this. This is me. What? I get cramps. <laughs> I get tender breasts. I get bloating, mood swings, irritability, yeah. headaches, tiredness, yeah. low back pain, food cravings, yeah, and you, trouble you, sleeping. I get all gar- of that. Yeah, you're not guaranteed it once a month. It's not like a guarantee, is it? Like you ain't got in your diary saying, look, once a month I'm guaranteed to get all of this shit hit me at once. <laughs> yeah. Joe, you know, in hindsight, 
fair play because I would not be able to deal with that once a month. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah, especially when it's like accepted as quite a quite yeah. nightmare. Basically, these are things you would assume that would affect your ability to perform physical activity, okay? And this normally then leads to PTs assuming, as I said, they would assume that would affect it. So what they do is they'll create training blocks around the cycle because they think all of that, because well, it does sound quite uncomfortable. Training's that, going to be shit. Yeah, you're going to be in an absolute world of pain when it comes to any form of activity. So it's like a foregone conclusion, basically. Mm. Oh, your menstrual cycle, it's going to be that time. It means your training is going to be shit. Your performance mm-hmm. is going to be terrible. You're going to, you know, experience these symptoms. We need to completely overhaul your training for this period. And it might not necessarily be the case. Absolutely. Because um, what we do have, guys, is a brand new research paper. Um, as we do actually have some much larger research on the topic as well. That's a little bit before this, but it's the, the size of it does make it worth mentioning. So um, first I will bring out this new one. So it is the interaction interaction predictors of self-perception, menstrual symptoms, and influence of the menstrual cycle on physical performance of physically active women. Uh, key points to note, it was twist 26 subjects, but it is a good paper. It's definitely worth looking at. So basically what the researchers sought to do is they were going to compare exercise performance during each phase of the hmm. menstrual cycle and they also assess the prevalence of menstrual symptoms and the perceived influence of the menstrual cycle on exercise performance and the way they did this was time to exhaustion on a treadmill all right um, and they also in addition to that kept a three-month menstrual diary to document uh, document their symptoms and their perception of the influence of those symptoms on exercise performance um, i did mention there's some phases there so if you're not aware uh, the phase would be split into uh, follicular phase, ovulation phase, and the luteal phase. Okay, so they're the three phases. Um, if obviously if you want to look deep into them, you can. You know, look. I'm, I'm not going to spend <laughs> an hour talking yeah. about the different phases. Um, but yeah, they are the three phases we were talking about. So, if we jump right into this, then Tom, what I'd start by saying is I think we've got a good understanding. I'd say on the influence of, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, of testosterone on exercise performance. Oh, for sure. However, yeah. when we look at the other side, so the potential effects of the ovarian hormones, um, and they would be primarily estradiol and progesterone. Um, that would you would I mean you'd probably say that stood up to debate. That's not being looked at as much as testosterone. Yeah, and the problem with that is is that you normally find then is exercise science researchers they will they normally study men or young men you could say instead of young women. Yeah, um, and that is to avoid the inconvenience of accounting for the menstrual cycle. Um, yeah. And that's that's obviously problematic when we're trying to apply research if it's largely on men. <laughs> I mean, it, it does save a headache when it comes to like the methodology. It simplifies it because obviously you've got to worry about all these, you know, co-founding factors then. But at the same time, it can mean that the methodology is going to be very like biased towards the male yeah, gender. Exactly, yeah. And it makes it very difficult then I said to apply that research sometimes to to a woman population if it's not even being looked at or it's minimally so being looked at. Double edged sword basically. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, as I said, I can understand why they would do that because research is hard enough as it is to conduct um, if you then got to complicate things. But, you know, it depends on what the paper's looking at. <laughs> what, yeah. what are you laughing at there? Should I to laugh? No, I, I feel super geeky right now because um, I was posting on my Warhammer 40k Facebook group and someone just posted a comment, a reply to my comment I made and uh, it made me laugh. So, you, what, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to record a high-quality podcast and you're My hand's fucking, not even on my fu- phone. It you're just fucking around up. on for, Warhammer 40,000 forums. It just <laughs> it just flashed up. I don't even use Facebook. The one what, time what I tried to post a comment. comment. If you're going to interrupt the podcast, mate, mid-flow, go on, it, is, it is so obscure you would not get it, I'm afraid. I like you Warhammer. Know. Give it 
I know, but you don't like Warhammer to this extent. Let me just. Oh, go on. You know. No, go on. no, no. The give listeners it, are going to be listening. Give it a no, couple no. of years after Henry Cavill has made it. You know, this feels really awful that we're trying to talk about the menstrual cycle and somehow we've managed to derail it to the most manliest film we can such, speak this is about. Like, I can just which see is people. Warhammer. Yeah, this is ridiculous. We're yeah. going to get. I, I feel awful. For this. this feels like the most you know misogynistic topic ever because it's it got, does. You know, let's not talk about. It. Let's talk about yeah, Warhammer instead. Let's talk about chainsaws and you know killing aliens and you know mm. big testosterone big metal men you know metallic <laughs> men you know yeah. but you know this people might be listening to this right now i mean chances are you're probably gonna edit the fuck out of this anyway but i'm off fuck i'm definitely keeping this in now <laughs> uh, you know chances are people might be listening to this going what the fuck is this give it a couple of years after henry cavill has you know bought out his uh TV warhammer show. tv series and people are gonna be like oh this is great yeah. we'll Brilliant. see what the fuck was we talking about what we're talking about is what the comments said because there could be people listening who have an idea and you can't leave us hanging on this. Now, it's, it's so obscure because it was actually a joke that was made in a Sopranos group, but it was a Warhammer crossover. Oh my fucking... What, That's what, how this is what you do with your time. This is what you do with your time. Fucking, <laughs> fucking <laughs> multiverse. I, I did warn Facebook. you. I did warn you. I'm multitask. God, I'm such a good comment? multitasker. What's going on? Yeah, have you actually seen Sopranos? Um, no. There's... I can't actually explain it to you without Just going into comments. without going Just read into the comment that made you laugh, and then we'll let the, we'll let the listeners Hang decide. On, let me find it. I said something about chaotic warp magic and how it's sick shit, which is a quote from The Sopranos. Yeah. And so underneath, uh, <laughs> I can't actually say it because it's quite offensive when I think about it. Oh, is it? We'll leave it. Oh, for fuck's sake. And I'll, I'll explain <laughs> to him private I'll, afterwards. After, after all that, you realise it's offensive. Right, okay, we'll move on then. <laughs> Listeners are going to be out and up for all now. We're going to get messages saying, what was the, what was it? What was it? So what we do, guys, we'll, uh, we'll fast forward. Um, <laughs> um, and basically this paper, the one we just mentioned there, um, that did the time to exhaustion on the treadmill, they found that exercise performance was not significantly different between menstrual cycle phases. And just let you know, the menstrual flight cycle is like a thing that's continuously going. It's not like a, you know, when p- women have the, obviously the, the period, it's like that, that time. It doesn't mean that the cycle's over before and after. The cycle is always going, okay? Um, that's in premenopausal women, by the way, if you want to know, okay? But what we've got here, guys, we've also got some much larger papers. And I'll read out the titles. Oh, FYI as well, there's a term, um, let's see if I can pronounce it properly, humanoric. Uh, I, I think you might have just done it. I think I have, yeah. That just basically means normal, healthy menstrual period. Okay, so if that ever comes up, that's what I'm referring to, a normal, healthy menstrual period, right? Which makes sense because if they start looking at people with complications, that will throw the data off massively, all right? So um, the two big papers we've got here is the effects of the menstrual cycle phase on exercise performance in uh, humanmeric, I think I've said it wrong that time, <laughs> women, a systematic review and meta-analysis. And then we've got variations in strength-related measures during the menstrual cycle in, that word, women, a systematic review and meta-analysis. Of course, all the papers will be linked down in the show notes of the podcast if you want to have a deep dive yourself, okay? And basically, both come to similar conclusions in that the effects appear to be minimal slash trivial, right? Yeah. So, so far, just at you know, face value, those papers basically suggest that there is not a significant difference um, and the effects are minimal. But there are limitations, Okay, we have to talk about the limitations of this before we just start going um, full send on uh, what we've just said there. Yeah. Um, you know, broadly speaking, the body of literature, so in those mate analyses and the systematic reviews, contains a lot of low quality studies with small sample sizes um, and you could say substantial methodological issues, right? But it's what we have available to us. But it's what we have available, of course. That's all we can go off. But that is something to note that the quality isn't, you know, super high um, as much as we'd like. Um, as well as that, the majority of the studies on this topic did not 
include comprehensive menstrual cycle phase detection methods. So basically what I'm saying is it's not like a guarantee when a woman will enter a certain phase of the cycle, right? Um, so the way they detected what phase they were in to determine obviously the differences between them, it wasn't a comprehensive detection method, you could say. So that makes it difficult to have confidence um, as much as you'd like in the findings as well. But basically what we're trying to say is, is that while you might find a number of prominent coaches, athletes out there on Instagram, whatever, saying that we need to have phase-specific training modifications, yeah. you know, it's absolutely critical. You've got this menstrual cycle, training cycle, blah, 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 to make sure you perform whatever. Um, it is not supported by the current scientific evidence. Yes. Yeah. It's not to say that, like, you know, you might not be affected but you could be affected in different ways. It might not even necessarily be a performance thing in regards to, you know, you might be you might be lifting less than what you lifted last time. You no, know, performance might not suffer in that regard. You might be suffering from symptoms where, like, um, you know, you do have irritability, mm-hmm. you know, you do have cramps, but your performance might actually be the same. So it's like, okay, you might be, you know, it might be affecting your training in that regard, but maybe not the performance side of things. But then again, maybe it would perform uh, sorry, it might actually like change your performance, but it's not a definite thing. You as an individual are going to, you know, react differently to it. It's a subjective experience, isn't it? Exactly that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll kind of sum it up towards the end, but, you know, I will just throw it in now. And that is one of the reasons why I would suggest with your train, you use some form of like RPE mm-hmm. or reps in reserve, because that is going to, you know, kind of dictate and judge your performance on the day with various co-founding factors, including your menstrual cycle. You're not just automatically saying, oh shit, I'm on my, you know, my menstrual cycle uh, is playing up. I'm at this certain phase. I'm going to just knock off 20 kilos off of this lift straight away. I'm going to run less mileage straight away. You might actually be okay doing it, you know, but you might not be, in which case you do what you're capable of at the time. But something to point and sort of tag on to the end of what Tom said there, it's probably possible you could say that the discomfort associated with menstrual symptoms when we looked at earlier is going to make your training feel harder, but not necessarily impact objective performance outcomes. So an objective mm. performance outcome would be your time to exhaustion, uh, your, for example, a time on a run or the treadmill, whatever, okay, your normal time is whatever. That would be an objective performance outcome. It might feel harder. You might be able to still hit the same numbers you normally do, but it would just but feel it a bit harder, rough. a bit felt rough because, I mean, that's the same when anyone ever feels poorly, yeah. don't they? You feel, you feel rough, but you can still do it, but it just didn't feel as nice as normal, okay? Yeah. Um, Furthermore, if you want to make things a little bit more messy on this topic, we have got a couple of surveys as well, which I'll leave links down below. And I mean, overwhelmingly, the majority said, yes, menstrual cycle symptoms negatively impact their training. That wasn't really a surprise. However, what's interesting is fewer than half of the respondents to the Rehi survey and only 18% of the respondents of the Ekinross survey reported adjusting their training when they experienced symptoms. Okay, so just to quickly repeat that again. Fewer than half on one of the surveys and only 18% of another reported that they actually adjusted their training when they were having menstrual cycle symptoms. Kind of goes hand in hand what we just said there, wasn't it really? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that basically indicates to me is that the symptoms were not severe enough to warrant changes to the program. I'm not saying they're not uncomfortable and they're not going to cause issues, but they're not bad enough that people are starting to mess around with their their training programs. With the actual programming. Yeah, the actual programming, yeah. Look, basically, what I think this boils down to, and obviously we'll come to our conclusions, but I think it boils down to is you don't need a special menstrual training cycle, but just like any day, for whoever you are, you'll have good days and bad days. Um, I mean, Tom, you said you spoke to some clients about this as well in the past, about how some days they'll be like, oh, I actually felt all right with this today, but then other days they'll be like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, and it all, once again, it kind of boils down to what we preached before in the past, and that's auto-regulation. 
So it, it might sound a bit tacky or a bit cheesy. You may have heard people say, you know, when you're exercising, I'll oh, just listen to your body. Yes, depends how you want to interpret that. I do it in regards of like RPE or reps in reserve, depending on what you're doing. But yeah, I, I've I've had individuals say to me in the past, like um, exactly what you said earlier, actually, which is, oh, I managed to do it, but it felt rougher than usual. So actually, I was able to perform the same, but the RP was uh, it, it was considerably considerably more than what it yeah. would usually be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, other times, like uh, yeah, performance hasn't been there. Not a dramatic issue though, because to be honest with you, you could be like that when you aren't, you know, on your cycle. Do you know what I mean at a certain time on your cycle? Even just um, just remind me actually to about client stuff. I, <laughs> it was kind of ironic actually, just as I was finishing uh, doing some research on this, this this topic, I was coaching at the gym, um, and one of one of the people on the on the class basically like killed over a little bit. So they were yeah. in the class at normal. So they were doing the normal class, so the normal program. They weren't doing anything special or anything different. They sort of rolled over. I was like, oh god, you're right. And then they were just, oh, I've got cramps. And obviously I was like, okay, cool, you've got cramps. You know, you know, just mm-hmm. <laughs> take a moment if you need to take a moment. But I think did the you key ask point them there, straight away what phase of their cycle they were? <laughs> yeah, I was like, God, what what phase are you on? Right, right, fucking hell. We need to get you. We need to get you on. I'm our doing special. a podcast on this next week. You, you must tell me. Yeah, you, you must come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need you on right now. No, but the whole point was is that they they didn't change their training plan or anything. They were still doing the same program class with everyone else um we promise we'll keep you anonymous so we'll just say you know um uh, we'll, we'll just use your 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 first name so we'll just say you know dorothy from norwich <laughs> dorothy from norwich <laughs> i don't even live in norwich <laughs> that'll narrow it down a bit <laughs> yeah, well, yeah well, it's norfolk isn't it, i suppose yeah yeah brilliant dorothy from norwich there you go yeah if you're listening dorothy um hope you're all right now keeping it anonymous <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah fuck's sake um what I would like to see, though, going forward is obviously we need some more high-quality research. That would be great. That would help yeah. things a lot. But I would just say, look, it's a subjective experience, as we've already alluded to. It's probably better if you're listening and you're a health professional or you're a PT or you know PTs, just reinforce the language of you just need to speak to your clients. Yeah. You don't need to start crafting fucking bespoke menstrual cycle training plans. Just speak to them every gotcha. day. Like, if you're a good, If you're a good coach, you should be having constant communication with your client around their training. So if they have a bad, if they're having a, a particularly rough day, just talk to them about it and be like, okay, cool. Let's 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 look at this day and see what we can do to change things. You haven't got to change the fucking. You've got to rip up the scripts and start going doing all this other mad stuff. Yeah. Um, every day will be different. Some days will be good. Some days will be bad. Do you know what? It's ex- ex- exactly that. Um, I can pretty much summarize it with like a. Well, I can summarize my thoughts on this going off of the evidence we've read. Using that sound clip where, you know, with your training during the menstrual cycle, you know, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. You know, it's it's as simple as that. It's probably still a good idea to, you know, make a note of it. Because if you do go back over your program and you think and you're looking back and you're going, How comes I performed shit at this particular yeah. time? You go and you can look to your side notes and go, Oh, actually, you know, it was during, you know, it is my menstrual cycle. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, mm. makes sense. You might even notice a pattern. Yeah. Without even meaning to, you might accidentally start tracking it and see that, shit, I do tend to perform, I, I, I tend to have, my performance tends to be much lower. I've, I've noted, I've noticed a pattern. So actually in that thing, you, in that regard, you might actually start to think, okay, maybe I ain't got to like, you know, program or train around this, but I might expect things to dip a little bit. And if that's the case, it's not going to be a big deal. I'm not going to get upset over it. I just understand. And God for, you know, if, if you're doing some form of like competition, and you know that you as an individual, you on a subject of experience tend to perform lower during your menstrual cycle because you've tracked it over time. Okay, maybe you might plan your competitions around that. Yeah, sure. But yeah. at the same time, 
you might be completely fine. All right, you might have the symptoms where you are irritable, you do get cravings, you do get cramps, but your performance in general might not actually suffer. Mm. It's just that it might be a little bit tougher than usual. So yeah, as I said earlier. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Okay, guys, before we move on to the next piece of news, it's that time again, isn't it? We've got to shout out the members of the society, our honoured patrons, and of course, the producers, Jenny and Clean. How are things going? I, I say every week, I don't know why I ask. Like, you can have a, we're going to have a back and forth dialogue over a pre recorded podcast. But yeah, just know that we are thinking of you and we are hoping you're okay. It's like having that pen pal that you write to, but they don't write back. You know, that sounds quite sad. It's quite and a tragic it turns tale. out that like you've just got the wrong address. This random person just had this nutter, aka me, you know, just sending them like, you know, making private jokes, my feelings, <laughs> and making private jokes. Yeah, you know, sake, yeah. oh god, <laughs> making those private jokes of me, you know, breaking in through their windows at night. Oh, dear, it's a private them. joke, you know. I'm sure they'll get turn. it if it was the right address. That's a concern. I don't even get it. Jesus, yeah. And of course, um, thank you to all the rest of the patrons as well. <clears throat> Hope you are enjoying the content we are putting out there. Obviously, the podcast is getting out there early for you. Lots of videos have been going up recently. Some cool little behind the scenes stuff. So it's always good fun. So if mm. you want to join the society. That's what I like to call them. We, we, don't, we, so we don't actually say that much anymore. We used to say we live in a society like every fucking week. Like, oh, we dread not- this next topic we're going to talk about then. <laughs> it's okay. literally in the title <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, there's literally yeah. one question you're going to ask me where I'm going to just sigh <laughs> yeah <laughs> god's sake right but, uh, back yeah back to the patrons obviously if you want to join those guys in said society link will be down in the show notes or you can go to patreon.com slash csgf podcast and sign up to one of two tiers first tier is the entry one always a good one to get stuck into because you get access to pretty much everything um, the only awesome stuff you get with the second one is you get to be a producer like Jenny and Clean or, oh, and sorry, you get a video from me and Tom. Yeah. Which is... I break down the law of Warhammer every <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> I mean, if that's, if that's what you want, if you're a Warhammer fan... Unironically, I would love to do that. Yeah, guys, if you're listening, you want that, um, <laughs> request it. And uh, if you are a producer of the show, we'll get that video made. I won't be there. I'll just press record and walk <laughs> off. <laughs> I'll walk off and go fucking do something else. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go for break, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, cool. Um, so yeah, guys, get stuck into that. Um, it's very much appreciated. Helps very much so with the running of the podcast and keeps us going. So it's all good fun. So <laughs> the next piece of news, the ISSN or the International Society that we do indeed live in of sports nutrition has updated their position stand on energy drinks and energy shots. Tom, do you want to give us a quick recap on this society? Okay, for people who aren't aware. <sighs> There's there the big side. There's the big side. There's the big side. Yeah. Well, um, to start with, Bill, I think it's very important to state that it is a society. It has a very important thing to know. Yeah. So basically, the International Society of Sports Nutrition is basically a group. I'm not going to say society. It's basically a group of researchers that kind of compile all the current evidence in regards to nutrition, and it is like. Um, the, the main topic is things that will help you in things like sport and physical activity in particular. So it'll be things like creatine, protein, you know, BCAAs, all the kind of things that, you know, the average or caffeine kind of, in this uh, case. Yeah, or caffeine, athlete or gym bro will kind of be interested in. And it's handy as well because every now and again, they'll, re- they'll release their 
their position or their stand on something, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So, you know, they'll release something saying like, oh, you know, their 2019 stand on creatine. And it just basically compiles all the current evidence and they'll break it down and simplify all the key points like dosages, who it may be good for, who it may not be good for, what the risks are, basically the cons and the benefits. And, you know, if you are a personal trainer and you're not really into like the research side of things or the science or you find it difficult to kind of comprehend um, this is where i recommend the issn because they break it down and simplify all the key points really easily all you've got yep. to do is google issn stand yeah there's loads and then like there. all their papers will mm. come up but um funny enough i did actually <laughs> have a conversation this couple of years ago actually in the gym I currently work at, I had a conversation with someone where we was kind of talking about, I don't know what the fucking subject was, but it was some <laughs> form of supplement. And I we was kind of having like a bit of a back and forth because they disagreed with me. They was wrong, whatever it was about. <laughs> they was wrong. And I remember saying, you know, you should probably read up on like, um, I'd recommend start the starting point is the ISSN stand mm. of whatever, uh, whatever supplement it was. And I remember them saying to me... And, I, I honestly got they were fucking dead serious. They went, I don't see how this has got anything to do with the space station. What? Because it's the ISSN. Oh, they were thinking of the sake. International Space Station. And I, looked, and I, I smiled. <laughs> I remember smiling, like thinking that's actually really fucking funny. Yeah. And then it slowly dawned on me. They'd be dead serious. They're being fucking serious. <laughs> they thought you were sending like, them to a space station. <laughs> they thought I was about the International Space Station. <laughs> yeah. And I. I <laughs> I, I remember like trying to explain to no, 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 no. It's 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 the International Society of Sports Nutrition, the fitness industry, ladies and gentlemen. And then it was just like, <laughs> oh, and they just kind of took it on the chin after that. Like they didn't realize how fucking stupid they sounded. But yeah, it did make me laugh. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is how you know they're compiling their evidence up there. You know, trying out protein in space. Uh, this week, just to get back on track, we are looking at the ISSN's current stand, which they've updated on energy drinks and energy shots. Yep. Absolutely. Which you'll probably recognise from petrol stations. Fucking hell, sounds like my neighbours having a fucking war, war hammer in a minute. Fucking banging around everywhere. That's me, I'm in your walls. <laughs> You're in my walls. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <In> shapeshifter. <laughs> right, okay. Guys, we're gonna, what we'll do is we'll break down the stand, okay? And these are things we've looked through and these are things we think are worth knowing that you can sort of use to um, apply to your training, as it were, okay? So consuming energy drinks 10 to 60 minutes before exercise can improve mental focus, alertness, anaerobic performance, and or endurance performance. So that's something that's pretty, I mean, that's been known for a while, isn't it? Okay, taking it before will help improve things. We'll cover the doses in a second, don't worry. Athletes should consider the impact of ingesting high glycemic load carbohydrates on metabolic health, blood glucose, and insulin levels. Basically, um, you want to be mindful if, you haven't, if you're consuming, because obviously energy drinks, you can get... Um, Oh, like a monster ultra would be zero sugar or a normal yeah. would have would be like as we call it in the uk it's full fat okay which yeah. is like basically full of sugar which still grips my shit <laughs> still grips your shit yeah, it's but... two totally different macronutrients yeah that's what about whenever people say full fat coke i'm like well it's not there's no fat i know that's it. being, being you know that guy you know yeah. that internet person that goes you know you know like when they get something wrong about warhammer and I've got to go into the YouTube comments and be like, well, actually, <laughs> well, actually. You know, it still grips my shit. The ultramarines yeah. are better than the fucking blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who says that? <laughs> yeah, we're going to, right. But, uh, oh God, we're going to control. Uh, but yeah, basically, just be mindful. Obviously, we're not saying anything wrong with having the sugar varieties in moderation, but if you're smashing loads of them, then be mindful that you're having a lot of carbohydrates when you might yeah. necessarily want them. All right, okay. Actually, just on that note, very quickly, um, fair play to them for mentioning this in the paper as well. 
just because I, obviously with energy drinks there is a fair bit of fear around them especially from you know general public and also typical holistic pt you tend to get you know uh, i've known quite a fair few of pts that you know put up you know toxic waste yeah like chemicals toxic, you know it's toxic it's waste it's dangerous it's killing Turn you the fucking joker you know who drinks them yeah um the, the only kind of major health concern they do put in this uh in this stand is that you know if you suffer from some form of um metabolic health symptoms like you know diabetes, diabetes etc yeah. okay it's probably best to you know they are high sugar, drinks they? yeah which, to be honest with you, I would like to think is common sense anyway. If you are diabetic, <laughs> you would be, uh, you know, kind of avoiding these like high, you know, sugar drinks. But then again, you know, they say about common sense, don't you? It's not very common. But yeah, they do say to avoid it if you do suffer from diabetes and other co- uh, and other kind of like, um, yeah, metabolic health criteria. I mean, I personally, I always just, if I have a energy drink, it's always a sh- sugar-free variety anyway, to be honest. Like, yeah. So for the caffeine, really. Um, but obviously, as they say, when they do look at these things, the carbs in the drinks could be beneficial for certain situations. Yeah. Okay, certain performance outcomes, right? So that's why you might want one with carbohydrates in them. And that's the thing is like, usually with like a, an energy drink, the main ingredient that comes to my head is like, oh, it's going to be caffeine, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, it is basically like a, a, a lightweight pre-workout. But depending if you get like a, a zero calorie version or a calorie version, actually one of the main ingredients can actually be sugar. Which is a carbohydrate. Energy source. There's energy source. Yeah, exactly. So, Which mm. obviously can help with performance. Uh, next point to note is the caffeine half-life. So this is obviously going to be important when we talk about caffeine and sleep a bit later on. But uh, the half-life ranges from approximately 2 to 10 hours, okay? Um, so the half-life, I think I wrote this down there, but basically the half-life is how long it would take for you to... Um, it was ingest half the amount or to excrete half the amount of the caffeine. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, so um, two to 10 hours, basically, right? Obviously, remember that number is quite important. Uh, more points further on. So caffeine is, infect- is effective for enhancing sports performance in trained athletes when consumed in low to moderate doses. And this number might be familiar. We've mentioned it for numerous times. <laughs> three to six milligrams per kilo of body weight or body mass. Okay, so um, one thing important, though, it says three to six. Two milligrams is also shown to be effective depending on the context, right? And we don't tend to see further enhanced performance if you were to go up above that. So if we look at nine milligrams plus per kilo, that's we don't see any more enhancement, mm. right? So it's not like a dose response where if you were to go fucking 10, 11, 12, like to keep smashing loads more caffeine, yeah. you're going to get like a serious gain. I mean, you're going to have some quite dangerous. adverse yeah. health effects if you do start going, you know, on the higher yeah. end. Three to six can be a lot, okay? So we'll just talk about this actually because people might be getting their calculators out now going, okay, six times 80, how much? Oh my I'll God, take the higher fucking, end. That's fucking loads. Yeah, so this is obviously dependent on you as an individual. If you have never, ever consumed caffeine High in your life. caffeine. Yeah, yeah if, you've ne- like, if you've ne- if you only drink like tea or like diet drinks with like a little tiny bit of caffeine in, if you then go straight in at six milligrams per kilo, you're probably going to have a rough time. Yeah. You're probably going to feel very unwell. Um, probably better to start on the lower end of the day. Yeah, I'd start on two. Yeah, start on two maybe, you know, just or just try having a cup of coffee and see how you feel. <laughs> you know, yeah. everyone's going to react yeah. differently. There's no need to hit these numbers. But if you're someone, I mean, me and Tom are probably really class habitual caffeine consumers, um, we could probably get away with having a bit more. I mean, I've transcended well beyond habitual use, but yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you've transcended? You know, caffeine I mean, I, 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 could, I could go on the six milligram plus end and you go and sleep like a baby. I need really? help, basically. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> Folks, well, 
We'll talk about how that might impact on your sleep, Tom, in a bit. Uh, um, you you don't need to trust me. <laughs> My Fitbit tells me enough. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> next bit, guys, is caffeine exerts a greater ergo- ergogenic effect when consumed in a anhydrous state as compared to coffee. So that term, um, anhydrous, or anhydrous, however you want to pronounce it, um, is basically without water. So mm. that would mean if you were to look at something like a caffeine tablet or caffeine gum as we're going to talk about a little bit later yeah, on uh-huh. uh, basically about that water okay because obviously that you could class maybe as dilutes i don't know it doesn't get into the street bloodstream as quick i wasn't aware of this but you can get it in gummy form now as well yeah gummy form yeah little sweets yeah 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 but when you know when i think of caffeine the first thing i think of is in like it's liquid form you know for yeah like, coffee you know energy coffee drink. or energy drinks mm. but yeah um, a fair amount of studies are done through like a you know i can't pronounce it bill you'll have to do this for me and 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 hydrous Androgynous, yeah, that, that Androgynous. one. Yeah, Androgynous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Warhammer, you like all these fucking weird terms. Like. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, yes, yeah, like in, in powder form, so they're like capsules, like you feel like Pro Plus, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, Pro Plus, yeah. Or powder form as well, so you could get it actually, yeah, as an actual powder. The reason obviously protein. a lot of studies you could say, this is just me fucking think, you know, spitting shit out now, but the reason you'd, you'd argue they do it on that form in papers is because there's no... Mm-hmm. Measured more accurately, I'm Well, exactly, yeah, it's more accurate because you know it's getting pure caffeine as opposed to the yeah. hydration element of a drink or the other ingredients in a monster, like a monster has other ingredients like vitamin B12, etc. Coffee obviously has its own health benefits that you'd have from just having coffee. So to avoid all of that- I suppose it's also uh, more easier to bamboozle people that are in like a placebo trial. Oh yeah, yeah, just two pills, isn't it? You know, you've told them you've given them caffeine, but really you've just given them harmless cyanide. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Um, Right. Uh, Next point worth in note is it has been shown- that caffeine can enhance vigilance during bouts of extended exhaustive exercise as well as periods of sustained sleep deprivation. Now, Tom has just been tapping his nose there. It's like, wink, alert. wink, nudge, nudge. This is going to be important when we go on to the tactical stuff. If you do work in a tactical setting, you may already realize what we're going to come on to. Next up, caffeine is ergogenic for sustained and maximal endurance exercise and has been shown to be highly effective for time trial performance. Caffeine supplementation is beneficial for high-intensity exercise, including team sports, such as football or soccer if in the US, and rugby, both of which are categorised by intermittent activity within a period of prolonged duration. That basically means if, you, if you've played a sport like football or rugby, you'll sprint for a few seconds to get the ball and pass it, and then you'll stop. You'll have yeah. a rest. So it's basically short bouts of very intense activity where you get a bit of rest afterwards, right? What is interesting, though, is the literature is uncertain when considering the effects of caffeine supplementation on strength power performance and additional research in this area is warranted just so i can uh, inject some nuance there we're not saying that doesn't do anything in regards to resistance training because we, we do have evidence to show that it can increase things like reps etc so like strength endurance but when in this context we're talking about strength power so what would you class out of tom like your, your big heavy fucking yeah so it's a bit hard to explain isn't it but yeah it could be like to do with yeah. like the speed of how quick the bar comes up mm, you yeah. know or, you know, can you jump over your neighbor's fence? I don't know. But when it comes to reps, you know, I think uh, the study I saw, it showed like more reps were performed on a leg press in the caffeinated group. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, it is beneficial for resistance training, but it depends on, you know, what type mm. and what performance mm. metric we're looking for. So in that, we were looking at the actual endurance, how many reps could be completed yeah. during the set. Uh, and finally, on the points worth noting on 
this section is, I don't know why I said it like that at all, just next point. <laughs> Fucking, uh, just bark it up there. <laughs> uh, the scientific literature does not support caffeine-induced diuresis. Oh, diuresis. Diuresis? Diuret- diuresis. Diuresis, that's it. Diuresis. My, I mean, I fucking am off, off one. Diuresis during Sounds exercise. Delicious. Or, yeah, or any harmful change in fluid balance that would negatively affect support. Basically, that's talking about the whole caffeine and dehydration argument. We have mentioned this like way back at the start of the podcast. Yeah. But basically, it's saying that you're not going to become dehydrated during your workout any more so if you had a monster beforehand. And even then, like uh, from the evidence I've seen in regards to that, it actually has like a net hydration effect. Yeah, net hydration effect. Yeah, yeah. which is important to make it, you know, because like there are still people that are still out there saying like, you know, it's going to dehydrate you. Um, funny enough, I think I've probably mentioned this story on here a couple of times actually, but um, when I was in the army, we had a lecture from one of the PTIs he was telling us how we shouldn't be having things like coffee, etc. Not caffeine, but actual okay. coffee. Mm. Because because the caffeine in that coffee is going to dehydrate us, it's going to make us piss like it's a direct, etc., etc. Um, and that's the story of when I gobbed off and said that's not what the current evidence suggests. <laughs> um, funny enough, Gobshot. funny enough, the one fucking time I go onto TikTok, there's a certain PTI. It wasn't me, was it? No, 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 a still serving PTI that's very, I want to say very famous or has gone viral on social media. Is it the one and, who got fucking done by the army or the other one? Oh, not that I know of. He's still doing it if he if he has been done by him. But I, I, don't, I don't want to mention names, but it just so happens that I actually saw that PTI in one of these guys' videos. So, you know, the horror of knowing that he's still out there spouting bullshit. <laughs> he's still I don't out know, there, he, he might have learned his lesson and actually started looking at the current evidence. Doubt yeah. it. Cool, guys. So that's all the points there, okay? Obviously, they are, we've essentially just pulled those from that paper. So once again, I'll link that paper down below. You'll be able to find all of what I've just said there in that paper if you want to get like a re, re um, go over it again. Um, yeah, it's particularly if you do work in this industry, I highly recommend reading it because we've we've simplified it down to just like the main ingredient, which is caffeine. But it also breaks down other ingredients you will yes. find within the shots and energy drinks. So things like, you know, the B vitamins, explains their role in the energy drink, what they actually do. Uh, other things you might find as well, like, you know, taurine, that's a popular one. Mm-hmm. L-tyrosine, um, HTPs, fucking all, all the extra ingredients you might find in different energy drinks. So yeah, it's well recommended. Worth reading, yeah. Obviously, we've just honed it down to caffeine because that makes sense for the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about. We're just trying to keep it focused on that one point, okay? But the one key thing is that don't be scared of them, right? Because there is still rhetoric of energy drinks and stuff are fucking going to kill you, whatever. <laughs> and the thing as well is that a lot of this can cross over to actual pre-workouts as well because mm. a lot of the ingredients you'll see in this stand, you know, you'll, you'll find in pre-workouts as well. Next thing is obviously safety considerations. We've kind of already alluded to, especially if you're someone who's not an habitual caffeine consumer. Obviously, caffeine is a stimulant, right? It will increase things like your heart rate. If you're not used to it and you smash loads of it, you could potentially feel like you're dying. I mean, if, you, if you've ever done that before, I mean, Tom, if we go back to your story um, when we had Cannibal Coffee on the podcast and you said you had half the bag by accident <laughs> and you were fucking seeing sound <laughs> about like 24 hours afterwards. Yeah, to be fair, that was me being an absolute fucking idiot. Because I was treating a high-performance coffee. Yeah, as if it was just strong coffee. Yeah, I was just treating it as if it was like a regular coffee and it's not. You need to actually measure it out as if it was a supplement. And I was just like chucking in loads of it. And I was down the running track like fucking <laughs> one of the red arrows leaving smoke behind me. That story I was fucking cracked up, me up so you know. much on that episode. There was mums in prams trying to walk around the track. I was fucking steamrolling through them. Sweating. You know, I was sweating. <laughs> I had to go and sit down and cry on my day sack. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, worked though. Did work. 
But yeah, be, be, be sensible with your caffeine. Be, be sensible with caffeine, absolutely, yeah. And if you are concerned, obviously go see, see a doctor if you've got any concerns about your caffeine consumption, right? Now, while it all does sound quite exciting, a lot of this, and there's obviously performance benefits we are seeing there, what if you are someone who trains at night, right? Because caffeine is associated with keeping you awake, keeping you alert. If you're someone who can only go to the gym late at night, What's the, what's the score? Should you still be smashing shitloads of caffeine? Because I'd be thinking that like, fuck, should I really be having a lot? So we've actually got a brand new paper on this as well, right? So it's called The Effect of Caffeine on Subsequent Sleep, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. And what they found was, is that caffeine ingestion reduced total sleep time by about 45 minutes and reduced sleep efficiency by 7%. I mean, that's, that's just a random statistic, obviously, but the point is it makes it makes, it makes an impact, right? I won't be too concerned about the 7%, whatever. But more importantly as well, actually, this is the interesting, you might, people normally talk about the stages of sleep, okay? Like you've got your light stage, your deep stage, whatever, REM cycle, all that bollocks. Um, yeah. Caffeine increased the proportion of lighter sleep stages, decreased the proportion of deeper sleep stages. So basically, they were not in a more restful state for the duration of the sleep, right? Mm. Um, what's interesting as well, we've got a graph here. So we've got a meta regression model from the study that shows cutoff times if you don't want caffeine to affect your sleep at all. A meta regression, by the way, is basically just to like think of it as an extension of meta analysis, right? So you don't have to do it, but if the paper does it, it's great because they've basically added a bit on. So this chart basically suggests that if you were to have... so. The number they use is 217.5 ma- uh, milligram dose of caffeine, right? So if I were to compare that to something, that would be, I don't know, a strong energy drink? Yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, just over, just yeah. over. I mean, some energy drinks these have got 200 milligrams of magnesium, but yeah. I'd say a strong energy drink is I that. I mean, a standard what, energy drink is like, what, 160, 180? Yeah, 160, 180, yeah. I mean, I've seen some with 200, but yeah. So let's just say this is a strong energy drink, right? So the model suggests that if you were to have that, you'd want to consume it around 8.50 a.m. if you had a 10 p.m. bedtime or 13 hours or so before bed. So if you don't want your caffeine consumption to affect your sleep at all, you need to have it 13 hours before bed, right? Do you know what? I have seen people on the tube at that time in the morning with energy drinks. And I've always thought to myself, what an what? absolute yeah. monstrous person you are. But they now must be one of the, the researchers, jokes on, mate, me. on the paper, one of the subjects. I oh, know, the joke's on me. They, they've yeah, been evidence-based all along. I haven't. <laughs> evidence-based tube guys, right. I know, absolutely. If we then reduce the caffeine dose, so if we go to a four uh, to a 107 milligram dose of caffeine, so that'd be, I don't know, a, a, a weak energy drink or maybe, I don't know, a couple of cups of coffee or a strong coffee, whatever, you'd want to consume consume that by 1 12 p.m i.e nine hours before bed right so about lunchtime ish um, nine hours before bed fortunately though we don't have much to worry about when it comes to smaller doses so 50 milligrams or less so if you want to have a nice i don't know fucking if you just want to look at a picture of some coffee maybe yeah yeah so basically if you want to have like a cup of tea because tea's not got too much in if you want like a small cup of tea in the evening you'd be all right remember though these are obviously average expectations they're not universally true cutoffs right yeah give me some limitations okay and even then you know if this is in regards to you know me wanting to improve my performance am i ever going to be bothering with 50 milligrams of caffeine well that's it i mean we'll come on to that actually because there's obviously yeah. that reward risk factors come into thing but um yeah obviously we gave you some numbers there but there is limitations with those numbers because it's, you've got to think of how people normally consume caffeine. Caffeine accumulates in the blood, right? If you had your last coffee at 1.12 p.m., like they said, but you had three coffees before that, that could mess things up a little bit because you've then had, you've had more, your caffeine has accumulated basically, so you've actually got more in your bloodstream than just the yeah. one that you had at lunchtime, right? So you've got to bear that in mind. If you're going to smash more throughout the day, it's going to build up. Another thing to note is that we are all different. We are going to uh, metabolize caffeine at different rates. 
like Tom said, he obviously is transcended beyond habitual caffeine consumer, whereas someone might be just a tea drinker. So the way they metabolize like, caffeine is going to be very different. And obviously the hot, the hot, so the half life of caffeine. We'll talk about that actually because that's quite important for people. So you can be more specific with your own doses because those, that paper is very specific. Um, it's estimated to be around four to six hours, but like I said at the start, it can be from two to ten or even more. Right, but the average tends to be four to six hours is the half-life, right? And that is, as I said earlier, that is the time or the rate it takes to clear half an ingested dose of caffeine from the bloodstream, mm. right? So just to re- repeat that, average is four to six hours, but it can take two to 10 or more. But basically, basically there's no easy answer, is there, Tom? <laughs> really but now you, you think about those like, uh, you know, teenagers that finish school. Smash of relentless. The gym for like, you know, five o'clock. <laughs> Or, you yeah. know, the nine-to-five worker who gets into the gym at maybe like seven or six. Obviously, Noco, we joke about Noco. That's obviously, that's sold at my the, the gym I coach at. Um, that's got about 200 milligrams. Is it 200 milligrams? It's got, it's got a lot of caffeine in basically. Mm. But people obviously will train after work. So they'll go to that gym. And I've seen most people sinking Nocos at that time. I'm like, probably not great. <laughs> I mean, they've probably transcended like me, you know, and no longer human. But then it goes back to that thing, isn't it? Of like risk versus raw. If you've had a big day at work and you're fucking exhausted, if you're not going to train properly because you're fucked do you are you worried about having that you know having a bit of interrupted sleep maybe or like not having a deeper sleep is it's um, a very hard one to navigate i think it's very difficult to yeah and it's one of the things as well is like uh is this like it's like a one-off every now and again yeah, you know you're going day. for that big yeah. pr or you've had a shit day at work yeah and that's why you need the energy boost you know if it's something that's happening consistently but then on that topic something i'd like to kind of see is like um because we've spoken about uh in the past when we spoke about caffeine we kind of talked about can you actually do the benefits of caffeine actually lessen over time as you become more adaptive yes, to the yeah, dosage. Mm. Does that go hand in hand with sleep? Do you see what I mean? So that'd be something interesting. Like, okay, if you start having so much caffeine, because admittedly, like me, and this is an M1, obviously, this is just me I'm talking about. Look, caffeine is a fucking substance at the end of the day, you know, and I'll put my hand up and I'll say, you know, I am very addicted to the substance. Fucking and I'm not ready to change and I don't want to change. I can drink a serious amount of caffeine and then I can just nod off mm. and I can have a deep sleep as well. But that is just me talking. I could just be a freak of nature. But that is one thing I'd like to be, I'd like to get to know is that like, you know, if you do have enough, if you consume enough caffeine that eventually your performance benefits starts to, be, you know, drop, mm. will it still interfere with your sleep in a significant way? Plus as well, you've got to think is that do you even know what it feels like to have a caffeine-free restful night's sleep? Do you have any idea what it's even meant to feel like? Yeah. Like you have no... It's very hard to tell, isn't it, if you've had like a solid night's sleep or not without actually testing that theory. Usually, if you can't remember anything about your sleep, that's usually a good sign, to be fair. If you remember like your sleep... Fuck, I remember tossing and turning. I remember having nightmares, you know. I remember the paralysis demon, you know, squatting over my face, you know. Oh, brilliant. Cheers, Tom. I'm going fucking have a nightmare. With, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> You've just subconsciously fucked me up. Cheers. Yeah, don't sleep, mate. Have some caffeine. <laughs> yeah, smash a fucking you monster. <laughs> um, but basically, guys, if you are concerned about caffeine, if, it's, if you're like a high-performing athlete and you want to just be the best you can be, <laughs> if you if you put it like that, um, you want to consume caffeine probably as early in your day as you possibly can, right, if you're that worried about sleep. I mean, on that note as well, this is probably quite important to mention because there's a few weapons on the internet who like to talk about this, um, call them biohackers, if you will. Um, oh, they'll be, they'll say, you know, delay your caffeine in the morning. Don't have it when you wake up because you want to avoid that afternoon crash. And this yeah. is actually based on some very vague assertions about cortisol and adenosine. FYI, 
this has virtually no supporting evidence. So if someone who sounds intelligent starts saying this on a fucking Instagram reel or TikTok saying, oh, adenosine, cortisol, afternoon crash. Earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how, you know, the menstrual cycle over the past, like, couple of years has been like the big buzzword for a lot of PTs to talk about. Um, same kind of thing, of course. So biohackers just appearing out the woodworks, like fucking... You know, yeah, so they can basically like. control your control, yeah, control these things. And it's, the thing is, because it sounds all fancy, and it sounds, it, I mean, it sounds they can make it sound plausible. It's very easy to make things like that sound plausible. If you use enough big words, it's like, um, who is it? Was it was it you sent it to me, or was someone else sent it to me about the guy with the talking about digestives, but he was actually talking about an orange. Have you seen that video? Oh yeah, very recently in the supermarket. Um, yeah, he was in the supermarket. Oh. What's his fucking name? Well, <clears throat> Luke, Luke, Luke Hanna. Yeah, so he was. In the I super- hope I'm right. Yeah. Well, because if you've not seen it, guys, if you, I mean, if you're not on social media, you're probably not. But there's been an abundance of people online, normally about their t-shirts on for some mad reason, in supermarkets, yeah. shouting at you, telling you the ingredients of certain food in the supermarket, saying how it's going to fucking kill you. It's all most of the time just fear mongering. But this guy, Luke, basically went in there, picked up a pack of chocolate digestives, said a bunch of stuff which sounded quite scary, and at the end he went, "This is actually an orange," and he pulled the orange in his other hand, and he was like, "Look, that's how easy it is to make something sound." fucking scary and that like it's going to kill you someone did it very recently as well with like uh cheerios in a supermarket Mm. and then ironically is people usually more times than not they've usually then got their own food source or supplement that they want to sell you as an alternative and the funny thing is it's all fucking sold under the same fucking standards Mm -hmm. you know it's made in the same type of factory the same amount of fucking microplastics you know different different canva template (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is literally that. Yeah, so don't worry about the fucking, like, rewind. Don't worry about the afternoon crash. If you're worried about your caffeine, when you wake up, if you want to smash a, smash a coffee, you ever do it. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, just don't have it in the rest of it. I mean, personally for me, my approach is I normally cut myself off at lunchtime. I might have a shitload of caffeine in the morning, so, I mean, it probably wouldn't have gone by the time I go to bed. But I'll, after lunch, I don't have any, because I normally have a nap at lunch. <laughs> that type of person. Fucking people I mean, <laughs> have a little nap. My- then after my nap, no more. My cough is usually like uh, 6 p.m. for coffee. 6 p.m. for coffee? Which, you know, it's pretty late, to be honest with you. That is fucking late, yeah. What coffee do you have, though? What sort of coffee do you have? Oh, it completely depends. I I, I try to avoid filter coffee. Instant coffee is quite weak in caffeine. Oh, oh, do you know what? Instant coffee, and that's something I wanted to, that's a subject I wanted to kind of save for our next topic. Right, okay. You know, but yeah, yeah, instant coffee is just piss. I ain't bothered by that. I'll fucking drink my lows, then go to bed. Yeah, they've got that as a nightcap. But usually, like, I try and lay back on like the whole filter coffee after six, you know. But I will have something like an espresso, which, to be fair, is pretty much filter coffee, but it's packed and it's highly, it's controlled in a small capsule. So it's a very low dose. You'll actually find, that's quite interesting. I looked into it not too long ago, is that you'll find that there's actually quite a lot of teas, you know, like a cup of tea, which people associate with being low in caffeine. A lot of them are higher than instant coffee. Oh, really? Because instant coffee is actually quite. Quite weak. I think instant coffee, a lot of it is people just trying to get the flavour. Yeah, the flavour. Something yeah, warm it. as well. Yeah. If you're smashing a double, double shot, a fucking double shot Americano, yeah. that's obviously got quite a lot in. I mean, my Nespresso capsules are what, like 70 milligrams or 80 milligrams? It's quite a lot. Some that's, people is a that's lot. That's quite a lot. That's still For quite me, a lot of caffeine in general. That's nothing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But things like actual proper filter coffee where it's like a good amount of scoops compared to a capsule. And that also depends on how long. That's, that's, that's also dependent on how you make it, like how strong that Yeah. Can. You put more scoops and leave it longer, whatever it's like, it can be uh, quite a yeah, exactly quite a powerful little punch thing. That, anyway, that I save for the morning. <laughs> so, really, to summarise that little section on the sleep thing is, I think you've just got to weigh it up, um, do some trial and error, 
and just ask yourself, do you really need this high dose of caffeine at 5 p.m.? Like, are you actually fucked? Because if you only do it once in a while, that's fine. If you just save it for the days and you're really exhausted after work. But if you're not that tired, but you just become habitually, you, Tom yawning there. I know. <laughs> um, but if you're just, if you've gotten to the point where you just habitually buy that energy drink after work every day, start to ask yourself, do I really need it? Or have I just got into the habit of having one? Am I becoming reliant yeah. on it? And the thing is like, if obviously this depends if you know, if you know that your sleep is suffering and that you are kind of not having quite a fair amount of caffeine, then chances are you probably might want to rethink what you're doing in the sense of like, if you're if you're taking the caffeine for performance reasons, because you know your shit your sleep is shit, therefore you need the energy drink to mm. you know, get you out of this rut and make your performance, you know, to increase your performance, make your performance better. Actually, if you actually forego the energy drinks to improve to actually focus on improving your sleep instead, what you might find is your performance might increase anyway. Because you now have a covering better. Well, this is what I was so the way I think of it is if I was to really simplify it is while it might give you an extra couple of bicep curls. Let's say you know you have your caffeine, it gives you a few extra curls in the tank because you've got a bit of a fucking boost. If your sleep is affected, are you even recovering that well from those extra curls? Because yeah. the statement that I think people need to remember is your body grows as you recover. Mm. Obviously, the stuff you do in the gym is very important, but the way you grow from the stuff you do in the gym is from your recovery process. So if you're actually smashing your recovery process to bits by smashing loads of coffee to enhance your performance in the gym... Are you then basically either mitigating all the bonus reps you just did or the only bonus work you just did or actually even going below mitigating it and re- reducing it? So hmm. it's a it's a very subjective experience, but I would say just have a bit of trial and error. Try and, try and I, I personally, this is obviously just me speaking from my own opinion, save your high caffeine consumption for workouts when you really need it. Yeah. Don't make it a regular thing. Don't think I have to have pre-workout before every workout. Just say to yourself, right, okay, Save it on those days where you really need it. Competition days, for example, or days where you've got a big lift, you know, you've got a PB day coming up, or you know, you've yeah. had a twelve hour shift where it's been relentless and you've just been absolutely you need smashed. To survive. Yeah. Yeah, you need to basically survive and get through the session. But don't just have it for the sake of having it if you want to recover better. You know, I think a lot of people make it a default ritual of, you know, before they go to the gym. But actually yeah. making it a depending on what time you train and what time your sleeping patterns are as well. You know, actually you might be shooting yourself in the foot by interfering with your sleep, which interferes with your recovery. Yeah. Now I'm actually, I, I'm actually a fan of pre-workouts, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't take them that often, you know, I'm a fan of pre-workouts, but I do think that some people misuse them by relying on them as a crutch and making it a ritual. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't normally take pre-workout, but, um, the gym I'm at, they, they, they bought a couple of these little tubs in, I think yeah. it was called, or was it called All Black, everything or something? I think it was some Oh, yeah, they're going yeah. all out at the moment with their marketing. Yeah, mate. So we had those in the gym and um, I was coaching on Tuesday and Wednesday morning and I was busy working the nights before, so I was pretty fucked, to be fair. But I was, I did a workout after I coached. Yeah. I was like, you know, I've, I've seen this pre-workout. Inside it is an ingredient called fucking Breathe Easy. Fuck me. Yeah. It's like having a fucking airway chewing gum at the same time. Oh, I was right. like, what the fuck? It like opens your ear. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, so Christ. they also did like a gel pack pre-workout right. as well. And same kind of thing. You take it and suddenly you can breathe through your eyeballs. Yeah. Breathe yeah. through your eyeballs, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Um, their dose, I don't know what, if the dosages I've had. 200 milligrams their gels, per dose. It's not too bad. It's all right. It's not bad. It's not yet. too bad. Thing is, the, I was speaking to uh, one of the coaches, Harry, there, because we were talking about it, and I was saying, look, the dose is obviously three to six. I probably want 400 milligrams to get a good yeah. hit, but the other ingredients in this product, for example, beta alanine, if I double dose that, my face will be fucking yes. tearing. I'll be want to tear my face off because Which I'll be itching. Yeah. 
So I can't really double dose it because of the Unless other ingredients. Unless you break it up throughout the day, which you probably could do depending on the half-life, you know, of the caffeine. From what I remember, I think the gel packs themselves were 200 milligrams. So, mm, you know, I'd expect the powder to be a bit higher than that. So that's a bit disappointing, but, you know, yeah. it is what it is. It's pretty standard. Yeah. But as you said, they've got to cater for a large audience, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they put 400 exactly. milligrams as their single dose. <laughs> but legal. you know what? Um, my pre-workout, usually I don't actually take any form of powders. My pre-workout is actually just very strong coffee, which I get a massive boost of caffeine from anyway, depending on what brand I'm using, which is usually Cannonball, you know, but I'm biased. Or I just simply use energy drinks. Okay. Now, admittedly, I do have a high caffeine content. So if I do have an energy drink, I do usually pop, you know, some... Adronahis, I can't pronounce it. Bang in some pro like plus a, in your fucking monster. It, yeah, I have done it. Um, obviously, what? I'm not. <laughs> I'm so, you said that so blase, like it's normal. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've popped a couple of pro plus in the can of monster. Well, the thing is, like, um, I know you? my, I know my dosages. Yeah, but so fucking the pro hell, plus that I've got in the past have been like 50 milligrams. Oh, only 50, 50 okay, milligrams, sure. Okay, sure. Okay, yeah. Which isn't a lot when you think about it. I was thinking 200 for some reason. Like, while they've got like, I mean, for me, you, you, do you know what? You, you would think that, wouldn't you? Because yeah, when I used what? to buy Pro Plus when I used to do the night shifts years ago, I used to think, yeah, I'll just have one. Not realising that actually my fucking coffee was stronger than that. Hang on. Sorry to interrupt. Were you, were you there? You were there, weren't you? And one of our old friends, Lee, he was selling Pro Plus and fucking, where were we? Ministry of Sound. Was it Ministry of Sound or was it Fabulous? Yes, I was there. When he had, he had a pack of Pro Plus and he was selling them for a fiver of pills to people in the club. <laughs> so they were like, obviously, they, they were saying uh, there was someone <laughs> I else. That. They weren't, they weren't they, he was telling people they weren't Pro Plus, but he was selling <laughs> fiver of pills. We, 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 we made our, you know, we managed to get our, our train fare home that night, didn't we? Yeah, we did. He made <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't be admitting that but yeah yeah it wasn't us doing it it was our mate doing it but it was fucking hilarious it was just, it was just the way that like <laughs> I remember giving one to someone they took it and like 10 minutes later he looked over to one of the guys he gave him like a little thumbs up going you're right mate you're having a good time and the guy was like yeah, yeah mate it's fucking wicked <laughs> yeah. like, just we sending like, off to these yuppie scum and mate back then we weren't as uh, you know into this as we were but now we know placebo placebo is a magic exactly. thing exactly guy thought he was fucking wide on some like magic pill yeah exactly <laughs> caffeine 50, 50, 50 mil 50p from uh, Tesco <laughs> yeah and he's got 50 milligrams of caffeine going for his blood and he's absolutely bouncing oh, bless him god wait till he tries a Red Bull but yeah going back to it like um, I where I know my dosages you know and I know what to kind of take it's, I sound like a you're drug dealer now mic. you know you're stroking your no mic. sorry that is actually the chair's really squeaky um Sorry, I stopped doing that now. I was leaning back on it. But yeah, where I knew my dosages, I was able to properly apply, you know, Pro Plus with... Um, God, I really do sound like Breaking Bad now. I know, yeah. You know, Little- I, I sound like I'm a, I'm a drug addict trying to cope with my addiction. But yeah, I was fine. I knew what I was doing. As I said, yeah. I'm rubbing my lip. <laughs> so what are you doing there? You're like rubbing your... <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable now. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> but usually my pre-workout, I simplify it to coffee. You know, anything yeah, else is just extra, enough. which I don't really need. I mean, yeah, if you have cannibal as well, you're going to get a big fucking dose, aren't you? So, I mean, look, on the, on the topic of like pre-workouts, etc. like I did used to take a certain, um, this is sounding worse and worse, isn't it? I used to <laughs> take a certain concoction, which would be, oh, I'd, fuck, have like a, I'd have like a monster <laughs> energy, pour that into my shaker. I'd then have some beta alanine and some citrulline mallet. And that was it. That's just a normal pre-workout pretty much, isn't it? Exactly. Nothing magical. The only magical thing was that it was dosed properly. Yeah, sure. Which in a lot yeah. of pre-workouts you don't tend to get anyway. 
Guys, I actually recommend, we've talked about doses there, but we did a whole series on supplements. Um, you can find our chat shit at getfit.com slash supplements. And we actually talked about all of these, so betanaline, citrulline, malate, and we talk about the actual effective doses. And we actually did mention that a lot of pre-workouts are underdosed on those ingredients. So that's why Tom making himself makes yeah. a lot of sense because people don't even realize. And a lot of this, also to add, add to that, a lot of the stuff that they sometimes put into pre-workouts is it's stuff that it doesn't do anything acutely. It requires chronic dosing. Yeah. So if you're not taking it every day, and we're telling you not to take pre-workout every day, so if you're not taking it every day, you're not going to yeah. get the effects of some of these chronic dosing ingredients. Or they might just chuck creatine, which we you know as yeah. a one-off, unless you're that's taking in that, the time anyway. So that's in the that all black everything we've got in the gym, that's got creatine. And I was like, what's the fucking point? Just stop wasting At least time. you ain't got to take your creatine scoop for that day, I suppose. Yeah, but it wasn't even enough, though. So I was like, I've still got to take <laughs> yeah. creatine after. Anyway, I was like, <laughs> it's just filler. Yeah, Cheap it's just filler, filler isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. We'll move on to the next part, guys, which follows on very nicely from this conversation, and that is that the ISSN also has a position stand on tactical athlete nutrition, mm. um, and this does involve general recommendations, so for everything, basically, military recommendations, and then first responder recommendations, right? Once again, be linked down below. So we're not going to be looking at the entirety of this like we didn't do with the first one. So if you want to get everything about the nutrition of a tactical athlete, check out the link in the show notes. But um, we are going to obviously dive in on caffeine um, in particular. All right. All of these papers are open access, by the way. Well, exactly. As you can read them free. These aren't behind paywalls. So if you are in that area, so if you are military or first responder, this you know, could be beneficial for you, or perhaps you're, you know, you're a keen air softer and you want to take it to the next level, take your yeah. tactical game to the next level and and go from there. It's obviously the show notes. I have seen the show notes. <laughs> you're staying very quiet. <laughs> I, I have no shame in, uh, you know, mentioning that I was once a closet air softer. And you know what? Like, really, I can't even laugh anymore because the fucking, you know, modern militaries now use simunition anyway. That's a good point. Yeah. Good point. Which is basically. Spicy airsoft. Spicy airsoft. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen. Um, Just the uniforms are more accurate. Have you seen the videos then, mate? I had a, guy, a good friend of mine. He was doing a um, simulation for the uh, special forces, and he was on a plane, and he had to do like a hostage situation. <laughs> and he put them, and he was up. To, he, he put on some like really funny voice as well. And um, he was holding the hostage. Then he threw the hostage away. And obviously, the moment he threw the hostage away, they fucking lit him up like a Christmas tree. And oh. he just got absolutely pepper. And he said he was in so much pain. Because yeah. This sim, this sim rounds are like they they hurt. And he just got fucking peppered by a bunch of special forces operators. See, <laughs> like, you you've got to respect the you know. This is why when you see like an airsoft, you've got to thank them for their service because it hurts. <laughs> thank them for their service. It hurts when they get shot. See. Oh my god. Thank them for their service. Fire up two salutes with both hands at the same time. Yeah. You know. Thank you for your service. Um, but yeah, like that simunition, I've seen it. It's like fucking hard blue shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fucking... fucking hit with that. You know. It's good though. It's, good. it's better training. Yeah, it is because it, you know it at least makes you flinch. Yeah. Can't really stop flinch people from a blank. Being... Yeah, you're more reluctant to just run out into the open yeah. like a fucking lunatic. The blanks just make you more excited to hear the noises. Um, anyway, <laughs> mate, my fuck it. It sounds like my neighbours are playing fucking airsoft. It could be. It? Maybe they're playing like a really did you, did you vigorous... I can't hear it at all. I just oh, hear my creaky chair. Right, Maybe it's a really right. vigorous game of Warhammer. Maybe Maybe so, they're anyway. enraged by your Ultramarine comment. I don't know. <laughs> my Ultramarine. I used to always play the Ultramarines when I um, when I actually had a few of them. And then I uh, when I played the games, Dawn of War. Terrible. I like the Ultramarines. Oh, who used, who, used, who used to play us? You know, I've never played it in my life. 
What? I just like painting it and reading the novelization. No, no, I'm, I, I, meant, so I meant like, did you ever used to have any armies? Like, if you had an army, who did you have? Oh, yeah. Oh, mate, I'll have to fucking show you at some point. I've still got some of the old figurines. I used to, I used to, to paint a bit of everything, whatever whatever figurines, you know, to I'm going to put Warhammer it. in like brackets for this podcast title, like Warhammer. So I had, um, you can guess which one I had as well, mate. I had oh, a point Lord of the where, Rings. Um, I had a point where, yeah, Lord of the Rings, you know, that weekly magazine that came out every week. Oh, White figures. Dwarf, yeah, still going. Yeah, I, I had that, um, I had the Lord of the Rings one. So every week I got like a new. Um, set of figures. I had like a little army of Gondor. I had all the Urukai. I had the whole fellowship. I had a fellowship thing where it came with like a, a statue thing, and had like little slots for all the fellowship members, and used to put them all around. And it was like, yeah, really good. I tell you what, mate. People may laugh at us, but as I said, wait until Henry Henry Havel. Um, sorry, wait, let me repeat hang on, that. Hang on, well, well, yeah, it's right when Henry Cavill does it. It's for, oh, he's yeah. such a sex icon. He's such a geek. Oh, he's amazing. But fucking we do it. Oh, Listen, it out. <laughs> when Henry Cavill eventually brings out the series that he's doing of Warhammer, and it, it suddenly becomes games mega workshop. popular overnight. I'm going to be that person that's like, well, actually, I liked it before Henry Cavill got involved. I'm going to... You've got your, your, no your have, pipe. <laughs> your I, I, I no longer have an interest in gatekeeping, you know, health and fitness. I just want to gatekeep Warhammer now. Yeah. That's going to be my new personality. Oh, brilliant. Uh, anyway, what the fuck was we talking about? Back on. So, right, let's get yeah, into this then. Yeah. Tactical Athletes, ISSN, we're going to go straight into caffeine. So, our patrons will actually know a little bit about this because we did discuss this in the post-podcast, mini-video podcast, mm. which we uploaded onto Patreons. So on Patreon, we did like a, we do mini-video podcasts after we finish this sometimes. That was on there. We did actually allude to this where we spoke about launching a special product, which we'll oh, talk yeah. about in a second. Um, <laughs> it hasn't um, been stolen already. Yeah, I oh, know. Fucking hell, one of our Patreon Fingers, we know who it will be. Exactly. We haven't got that many patrons, so... Exactly. <laughs> we narrow-, narrow it down to maybe, like, two. <laughs> Key points of this paper, then. Um, they also mentioned the three to six milligrams in regard to performance, um, but more specifically for military. They talk about caffeine anhydrous consumption, so that's the dry variations without water, of 100 to 200 milligrams, 100 milligrams per two hours or 200 milligrams per four hours, is recommended for operational utility and during periods of sleep deprivation doses up to two to 300 milligrams have been suggested to improve reaction time and marksmanship Mm. available evidence indicates that total daily caffeine amounts up to 800 milligrams so 200 milligrams uh, doses administered within uh, with two to three hour intervals in between so that's 800 but 200 administered two to three hours between over a 24-hour period may help attenuate the negative effects of successive sleep-deprived states, i.e. sustained training and combat operations. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. So the key, one of the key terms there we've alluded to earlier, caffeine anhydrous or anhydrous, which means without water. So what I'd be thinking there, Tom, and this is something we spoke about, caffeine gum. Yeah, here we go. This We're is plugging this is, it. This is plugging it, right? So me and Tom straight away thought tactical gum. We could, I mean... We thought of some product names. What was the one I sent you earlier, actually? Let me pull this up. I pulled. I sent you a name earlier, and I think it's quite a good name. Where is it called? So, yeah, I called it the Supercharged Turbocharged Elite Unstoppable Tactically Enhanced Caffeine Gum, as recommended by 9 out of 10 dentists and SAS mm. operators. But the only problem with that is with gum, it tends to be in very small packs. So getting that amount of font on there is going to be a bit of a tricky one. No, but you put it in the big, if you put it in the big box, big box, and then you have oh, it in the harbour. Yeah. You have it in the middle yeah, of the like harbour those, area. Yeah, like the harbour big... area, you've got, you've got the jerry cans in the middle and you've got the packs of ammunition in the middle. Just fuck it. <laughs> Just get you big know, packs of... You know when like like something happens like a charity and you get like the big novelty checks? Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that, but a big pack of yeah, gum. Yeah, and, exactly. and do you know what though? Fuck it, Bill, it'll work out. It'll work out. Yeah. Because the gum packaging will just be MTP. 
Yeah. So it doesn't matter how big it is, it'll blend in. I mean, you might so, lose your massive novelty size pack of gum in the field, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, <laughs> at least it'll be hidden from the enemy. Speaking of mate, I could definitely see this being put into a Russian pack, though. Right. Well, look, I've put a lot of thought into this, half serious, half not serious. Right. Um Actually, first of all, I want to go way back to the beginning here because one thing that did surprise me was that about the imp- improving the marksmanship because I thought that would have been the opposite with how jittery you'd be. Two hundred two, yeah, but it was only two to three hundred yeah. milligrams. You know, it wasn't just like trying to aim down the fucking scope and you know you're shaking like a shitting dog through jitters. You know, depends on my job, I suppose. Me. But yeah, like um, the thing is, like, so we're talking about like on operations and you know exercise as well. So. For those that are non-military, like this is when we talk about exercise, it's basically like a simulated operation. So, you know, living out in the field, living in buildings, you know, in, in the fucking woods, desert, yeah. wherever else you are, the jungle. Um, when you get your ration packs or your rat packs, you tend to get chewing gum in there anyway, at least in the British ones. I don't know about you, Bill, but I, I love the gum. I, I try to save as much gum as possible, particularly for when, and this is where this would be useful, right, with the gum, uh, with the caffeinated gum, mm-hmm. is whenever I was kind of, on stag and you know you're just trying to be in one place you know as still as possible it gets fucking boring i mean to put that to context know? as well a bit bit more context guys is if you're not aware like stag or sentry duty sorry yeah as you might know as it's basically when you ba- obviously in the middle of the night if you're in a defensive location you want to def- you want to make sure you've got a sentry out so you can't get snuck up on and fucking killed basically so you'll have positions around your area of defense or harbor as we call it and they will have they will be manned by two people normally at night. You, you get woken up, you go over there, you lay on the floor with your rifle and you look out basically at a solid black night. And it's just like a certain field of vision, like a certain yeah, kind. You're not, cert, yeah, you're not yeah. on your phone looking at Facebook. You're not, uh, and if you are, you'll fucking soon learn your lesson. <laughs> you know, you're not yeah. reading a book. Sometimes it's very hard to even have a chat as well because you're trying to whisper. So, you know, it's just a very, very boring hour or a couple of hours if Plus, you're pulling the shit at, you're, you're knackered and if it's cold or it's raining it's just miserable <laughs> it's just so like, there's it's just two shit. things there's two things that i would do to cheer me up one would be just chew on gum for the sake of it mm. so it gave me something to do mm-hmm. and the other one would be that i would have previously during the daylight have made a coffee in my flask so you've got something nice and warm, but also you've got a little bit of caffeine. Probably not a lot, though, because it was, you know, freeze-dried shit. So what about if we combine the two together? Caffeinated gum. So this is this was my thought of it, Tom, as well, because what you could do with this is you could have a buddy-buddy system. So when you go to wake someone up for sentry duty, you normally wake them up 15 minutes prior to give them time to crawl yeah. out of their sleeping bag, get their boots and stuff on, get ready. What you could do is say, open up... Pop a gum into their yeah, mouth. Open up wide. Johnny, Johnny, open up, open your mouth. There we go. Pop a little gum for you. Pop it in the mouth. Make sure it goes in. You know, you know when people give medication, they check that they've not just put it under yeah. their tongue. Be like, start chewing, start chewing. So as they're chewing it, as they're getting out of bed, they're getting the caffeine into the bloodstream. Then they're awake, they're bouncing, they're on snag. I mean, look, anyone that's ever served in the in the military, you know, that has been woken up at two o'clock and you're already exhausted, right? You're absolutely exhausted in your fucking you freezing know, cold, tightly cozied up in your little sleeping bag like a little human maggot you know it's it's horrible <laughs> why, when you, why do you say caterpillar or you, you, maggot. You know, a caterpillar you know and you know you're all snuggled up and you've got someone nudging you awake to wake you up you know it's horrible but you just imagine the treat you get you get woken up by someone <laughs> popping a little a lovely finger little in you know, <laughs> a finger in your mouth <laughs> just finger in your gob you know and you know you're just thinking oh that's lovely that is oh, oh, yeah. oh i'm awake now i'm ready to go and in 15 minutes, I'll be mate, caffeinated. Not, mate, hold on. It'll be quite funny. If you do that and the guy just starts sucking on the finger, 
he'd be like, he'd be like, and he starts saying a name. Oh, Brian. <laughs> Brian. Well, if they call, if they call you the wrong name, you yeah, know, they the, if they call you the, a different basher buddy that's, name, that's you what know, I'm saying. Yeah, you're like, oh, traitorous. You know. <laughs> But do you know what? Like, honest to God, like jokes aside, I think it's something that could be fucking marked. No, pro- see, this is it. I, I, when we first spoke about this, I said, you know, this sounds like a good idea, having them in your ration pack, having the caffeine gum for situation lines. But the problem I've got is that you're going to get some fucking absolute lunatic who's just tired and doesn't really understand doses and just pops the entire fucking 48 yeah. hours worth. Because let's say they're it saying happen. 800 milligrams over a 24-hour period, right? So let's say they put 800 milligrams of gum in your ration pack for the 24-hour period. If you get given 48 hours worth of rations and, you're, and you've got them in your Bergen or backpack, if you want to, you know, for people who understand, let's say you've got that. There'll be someone, as I said, who'll be super tired and they'll be like, oh, I'm fucked. I'm just going to smash like six, seven sticks of gum. If they do that and they're fucking absolutely wired, you're going to have yeah. a case of people going probably either man down, jokes aside, with heart palpitations or they're going to be rapid shaking and rounds are going to be going fucking all over the place. I think there'll be a few <laughs> implications, but I, th- I feel like if you have it in a system where it's in the middle of your base, if you want to call it that, yeah, it's in yeah. the middle there and it gets issued to you. You know, you get issued rounds when you're on exercise. You've got someone who's in charge of giving up rounds. You've got a gun. You've got someone on gum duty who's like, right, here's your stick. There you go. So you can keep an eye yeah. on who's got how many sticks. Kind of like how they don't just give out fentanyl or morphine to yeah, anyone, yeah. you know? You've now got it with caffeine gum. You've, oh, you you've, had your 18, you've had your 1800, uh, your 800 milligrams today, Brian. No more, mate. Do you know what? As you, as you was discussing that, yeah. every fucking sentence you gave just reminded me more and more about when the Nazis were given meth. <laughs> oh God, yeah, fucking yeah. I forgot they were doing meth, and, I, just, and I'm, I still, it's in like a nice little, it's almost like a fucking roll of Rolos or Polos yeah, yeah. even, you know, and that's all I can think about is, oh my God, we're basically doing the same thing. Oh, I wouldn't compare caffeine to meth. <laughs> I think it's a little bit different. No, but the image in my head, you know, and you can even see videos of it because fucking Hitler was a meth addict. I don't know how we're getting, I, I, I don't mean to be, you know, be, Involving caffeine with meth, but just seeing Hitler in that video where he's rocking back and forth like a nutcase, mm. and he's going to be stormtroopers. <laughs> stormtroopers. I could, in all honesty, to God, like I could, I could see a use for this. Um, yeah, I definitely. Particularly could, yeah. where, like, with like the making the coffee and having that in a flask and having it a couple of hours later when you're woken up, m- that was more for like a comfort thing. Mm. You know, you've got that warmth, you've got that heat. You know, it was less to do with the caffeine because, as we know, like unless you're one of those people where they did have their own custom fucking filter kits, because you could get those espresso shot machines now. Have you seen those? You can now get tactical espresso shots. Tactical espresso shot. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a flask of hot water you kind of make up, right. and there's like a button on top where you can put your little coffee cake in. You know, and you press so it. It's a, port- it's a portable coffee machine, it's basically. A, it's a portable percolator, basically. Right. But it gets contained within a flask so the water remains hot for when you're on snag. But it's all a bit dramatic. You know what I'd say for this, Tom, is I would say if you're listening and you are in a first responder situation or a military situation, obviously I'm not saying that you're going to get issued this stuff from your um, your fucking hierarchy or whatever, but maybe get some yourself because you can go online and you can actually find caffeine gum. And I The ones I saw were 100 milligrams. Yeah, 100 milligrams per, yeah. per thing. So you might gum. want to have obviously more than one per little gun thing but basically I think this would be a really good idea if you are listening you are someone who go, frequently goes on a, a military exercise if you want to give yourself a little perk up on exercise when you get woken up for stag pop a couple of fucking gums out pop them down the hatch yeah. yeah have a little chew and off you go you know maybe you're going to go to the ranges and you're thinking oh I'm not very good at shooting I want to pass my test two to three hundred milligrams before mm. be all good to go <laughs> honest to god though you could see this being marketed as, you know, without obviously 
throwing shade out there, there's so many like uh, supplements now mm. that have been marketed towards the tactical crowd, yeah, yeah. you know, that I could definitely see, you know, something like tactical gum, mm. caffeinated yeah, yeah. for, you know, the tactical athlete become, you know, increase your performance, increase your war crime power. Why is it if you have fucking war crimes? No. I don't know. I just have a fascination with it. Um, you know, how like, can you have a fascination with war crimes? It's horrid. I mean, I mean, look, when we go back in time and we look at uh, experimentations during the Vietnam. I thought you were into a warhammer again, then, because there's no, not no. war crimes in that. No. I mean, I could do. There's plenty. Uh, you know, I could talk about the Vietnam War when they purposely gave troops PCP, you know, mm. LSD to see how they perform in combat. You know, yeah. what if they just dropped a Starbucks? Into the middle of the jungle, in the middle of the with jungle. highly caffeinated beverages, it would have been a, a completely different story, you know. Well, you think war know. crimes were committed then in the sixties or seventies? Wait until they drop a Starbucks, you know, into Saigon, you know, be bodies that. everywhere. I did mention this whole tactical gum idea to my missus, you know, right. and uh, she did say, "Well, because because I, I was saying, you know, oh, the Finns as well, like it's quiet." You know, you ain't, you ain't going to have that yeah. one person fucking bring out a jet boil because they fancy a coffee. They fancy yeah. their caffeine now on stag, mm. on sentry. And she went, well, yeah, but what if they're allowed chewer and they've mm. got like, I don't know, fucking succulent saliva yeah. caked lips. I'm not even going to... Oh, like that. I was, I was going to say, let's not do an example to horrify the listeners. Well, that's where I brought up. And maybe this is something we could talk about in the next episode instead. But what about stealthy caffeinated suppositories? <laughs> And same same principles what you said, Bill, about you could do it for your mate when you're waking him up. Oh no, fuck it. Right. Yeah, bombshell. Yeah. On that Smudge. Bombshell. Wakey wakey. Boop. <laughs> right, yeah, on that fucking bombshell, right? That is that is all the news this week, guys. <laughs> okay. Hope you've had a caffeinated a delightfully caffeinated experience this week. It's been a lot of caffeine talk. My bum I feel like the first part of this episode <laughs> I feel like I feel like the past the first part of this episode just seems like completely out of place now. Like well, I think if we go on Dragon's Den and just play the last half hour of us, you know, shilling tactical gum, exactly how we've just done it now, we'd be given 500k easily. Which track and track are we up for it? All of them. Oh, they don't want to All go, of them. They? I'll hand each one of them a suppository or a gum, whatever way we go with this. <laughs> right. Okay. If we do it as a suppository, we can call, instead of it all being Tacti Gum, we can just change the name to Tacti Bum. <laughs> Tacti Bum. Oh, that's a great <laughs> yeah. idea. Tacti Bum. Oh, I like that. Imagine seeing that on your packing list. Well, I'm going to go to Canva right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picture, giving you picture, YouTube gold. <laughs> me and you, mate. Me and you. Little picture of you. Picture of me. <laughs> yeah. Getting stuck oh, in. Oh, who's who, though? Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <hello. laughs> oh, taking turns. Right. Okay. That is, that, as I said, that is uh, all, all the news this week, guys. Your buddy, uh, quick, buddy system. <laughs> quick, quick one before I need to get this wrapped up. Quick, quick one before, uh, before we round out. Quick question. Are you subscribed to the podcast? Have you clicked the button, the subscribe or follow button? I'm not sure whatever app you're using, the terminology might be different, but have you clicked it? Because you might not know this, but you hold a lot of power right now because if you click the subscribe button, if you click the follow button, you do normally download a bit of the back catalogue, which is always lovely. But more importantly, you tell the app, this is a good podcast. You're, you're willing to return again. You're willing to listen again. Because if you listen to us and you decide to not press subscribe, not press follow, which I wouldn't blame you after that ending, I'll be honest. <laughs> if you do decide to stick around, you know, if you don't decide to stick around, sorry, the app will then be like, okay, it's not worth listening to again. We'll, we'll keep this under wraps. So basically, you've got a lot of power. So I'll ask you again, are you subscribed to the podcast? Great. Now you've done it. Really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm hoping you've done it. If not, Tom's going to be popping around with a suppository very soon. <laughs> 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 right um, anyway it's been a pleasure as always 
and we will see you next week. <laughs> Same time. I've lost it. Same place for some more of the fitness news. See you soon. I shall see you soon. Well, that sounded very, <laughs> very <laughs> ominous. Oh, I shall see you soon. <laughs> like, you're definitely going to go around there. I will. I'm already ready. Ready.